I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey y'all, welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, June 13th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, and then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so we've got a lot going on this week, so let's just jump right in. First, we'll start with MLB Baseball. The Yankees swept the Cubs in the series with the final game being on Sunday. The New York team scored 18 runs in that game to win by 14. Now, both New York teams, the Yankees and the Mets, are the first teams to reach the 40-win benchmark. So apparently New York is the state to be in right now for baseball. The Orioles have been in the news lately as CEO John Angelos has been accused of seizing control of the team. This is in direct opposition to his father's wishes who wanted his brother Lou to have the team. More to come on this, I am sure, as it is a newly developing story. Angels first baseman Jared Walsh hit a cycle and Mike Trout had two home runs in their game against the Mets that they won handily 11-6. to The team started the season with a franchise record losing streak, and since after firing their manager, they've had a no-hitter, now a cycle by Walsh, and the return of Mike Trout. So are things starting to turn around for the L.A. team? Also turning things around, the Brewers finally won a game for the first time in eight games. This ended their eight-game losing streak against the Nationals on Sunday. Moving on to NCAA baseball as Omaha and the College World Series is this week. So you'll also hear it's College World Series. It's always in Omaha, Nebraska. So you'll kind of hear those terms used simultaneously. And there were some crazy upsets. Number one, Tennessee was beaten by Notre Dame 7-3 to in the third game. Number four, VTech lost to Oklahoma 11-2 to after taking game two by almost 10 runs. 
Number eight, East Carolina was upset, sort of, like barely, by number nine, Texas. Texas did take Sunday's game 11 to 1, however. Number 10, UNC lost in a close one to Arkansas 4 to 3. The Razorbacks were actually down a run going into the ninth inning before tying it up and then taking the lead and just upsetting the Tar Heels. Number 11, Southern Miss lost to Ole Miss after only getting three hits to lose 5-0. to zero. Number 2, Stanford will play UConn in a winner-take-all game today. Same goes for number 3, Oregon State, who plays number 14, Auburn. Both of those series are tied, so winner advances, loser goes home. Obviously, we have some NBA to go over as the finals are all tied up with two games apiece and we're heading back to the Bay. Steph Curry did get hurt in game three, but returned for game four, despite rumors that he may not. Good thing he did, too, because the team won by 10 points to tie the series. Boston took game three by 16 points. That was earlier in the week. And then Steph has actually been the leading scorer in every game so far for both teams. Game four, he was responsible for 43 points by himself. So I'm guessing that foot wasn't bothering him too much. A little bit of football news. Um, I won't spend a ton of time on football just because there's so much going on. But the Broncos are selling to the Walmart Air for $4.65 billion. That's with a B. This is a new record for an American franchise. The deal still has to go through approvals and all of that, so that's probably why you haven't seen a ton on this yet. But this is a big freaking deal. This proves that NFL is still where it's at and American franchises can still hold a candle to some of the foreign counterparts. This is the first sale of the NFL since the Panthers in 2018, which sold for only $2 billion. Also, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF have reached an exit agreement and will join the Big 12 in 2023. That means they will overlap with Texas and Oklahoma as of right now for two seasons. That also means that the Big 12 will be the Big 14. They won't actually be called that, but they will actually have 14 teams for those two seasons. That is, as of right now, OU and Texas are not slated to leave for the SEC until 2025. You'll get some eye rolls at the office for saying that one. Moving along to golf, and there's a lot of stories here. So Rory McIlroy won the RBC Canadian Open over Justin Thomas and Tony Finau. His final round score of 62 made for an exciting day, and the Canadian crowd was actually chanting his name. Now, he has won there before, so that probably makes him a favorite. Thomas closed with two bogeys to give Rory the lead by two strokes. Rory has won 21 times on the PGA Tour, one more than Greg Norman, who is the head of the Live Tour. Let's just say shade was thrown. Also, Justin Rose was on 59 watch after three eagles and with three holes to go, but he bogeyed the 16th and ended with a course-tying record of 60. The Saudi-backed Live Tour debuted this weekend in London, and Charles Schwartzel won the first event, and with that, took home $4.75 million. That $750,000 was for being in the top team prize, and then $4 million for winning individually. That is the largest payout in the history of professional golf. To also put that in perspective, Roy McIlroy's paycheck for winning the RBC Canadian Open on the same weekend was only $1.5 million. So if you're saying money is not a big deal, Swartzel winning this weekend, that is more than he's made over the last four years 
combined. Now, if you're like, okay, I don't know who the Live Tour is, all that's dandy, but I actually had a podcast dropped over last week. I believe it was Thursday on how the tour works. So go check that out. But I will also say, and this is a repeat from that episode, that the PGA Tour has suspended all players that competed in the Live Tour from competing on the PGA Tour. However, they will be allowed to play in the U.S. Open this week. So don't get confused. You will see Phil Mickelson, who is looking to complete the career Grand Slam, as well as Dustin Johnson playing in the U.S. Open this weekend. That is because the USGA, who governs the tournament, said it is not going to change who's qualified for the tournament this year. Not saying that that won't hold true next year, but for this year, that's the plan. Patrick Reed, Pat Perez, and Bryson DeChambeau will all be joining the Live Tour next event, which will be in the United States in Portland at the end of the month. Also, Tiger Woods congratulate him because he became the third athlete to ever reach billionaire status. Just the other day, we had LeBron make the second, was the second athlete to ever do it. Michael Jordan was the first. Moving along to hockey, the Stanley Cup finals are set. Now, last Monday, going back a full week, the Avalanche finished off the Oilers in overtime to sweep the conference finals. The Colorado team was behind until the third period, where they scored four goals to force overtime. They are now the West champs. The Lightning tied up the series with their win on Tuesday, winning 4-1. to one. Thursday, they went on to win 3-1 to one to take the series lead. And finally, Saturday, they finished off the Rangers 2-1. to one. The Tampa Bay team took the series four games to two. There was some horse racing this weekend as the final leg of the Triple Crown was competed. And I kid you not, ESPN actually had, quote, less is mo." unquote in their article because Mo Donegal pulled away on the home stretch to take the Belmont over the Philly nest. It was just a horrible pun that I just had to repeat. Mo Donegal was the betting favorite with odds five to two. Nest stumbled out coming out of the gate but made a nice recovery to take second place and was coming on strong before just running out of real estate. Okay, so moving along to Olympic sports, and sorry guys, but it was track and field all weekend, so it is a lot of track and field news, so just bear with me, but it's awesome for someone like me. This weekend was nationals for the NCAA for track and field outdoor championships. Florida reigned supreme in both the men's and the women's. They won both national titles. They won seven event titles. Five school records were set, and they had 19 podiums. Florida took the men's team on Friday, and Joseph Funbale was a huge reason why, coming in with 20 points alone. He won the 100-meter and then doubled in the 200-meter, where he was reigning NCAA champ. He competed at the Olympics for Liberia, so if that's why you recognize that name, that's why. Florida State's Trey Cunningham put on a hurdle clinic in the 110 highs with a 13 flat. And that was with shaky hurdles at five and seven. But man, it was just beautiful to watch. North Carolina A&T Randolph Ross and gold medalist in the 4x4 in Tokyo won the 400 meters. 
Moving along to the women. Florida took their first women's outdoor title to round out the track season on Saturday. They were reigning indoor champs and have now captured the outdoor title as well. Anna Hall was frankly insane and tried to do the 400-meter hurdles and the heptathlon double. Yes, you heard that correctly. She ran the 400 hurdles with 20 minutes before the final event in the heptathlon, which is the 800. She was on pace to set a new championship record in the hep, which hasn't been done since 1995, but couldn't do it after the double. Anna did go ahead and get second in the 400-meter hurdles and won the hep. That is 18 points total from her alone to her Florida Gators. Also contributing a huge amount was Jasmine Moore, who won both the long and the triple jump to give the Gators 20 points. Texas made a title race close, but had a couple ladies fall short to lose the team title in the 5,000. Kentucky sprinter Abby Steiner had a disappointing 100 meters, getting third, but came roaring back in the 200, taking the title with a meet record at 21 80 and that is the world leading time right now then running a killer split in the four by 400 meter relay as well i believe it was 48 9 all that was just crazy ncaa's it was amazing to watch and i oh man it was just awesome Moving along to professional track and field, though, Eagles wide receiver Devin Allen ran a 12.84 in the 110 high hurdles. That is the third fastest time ever, and this was at a professional meet, the NYC Grand Prix on Sunday. That is only .04 seconds off the world record. He also beat the world champion Grant Holloway to do it, which is a huge upset. USA championships will be later this month and worlds will be competed in July. Also sticking on the track, Allison Felix has probably competed in her last diamond league meet ever in Rome, which is actually the diamond league event that she debuted in first as well. She got seventh in the 200 meters and was a full second behind the leader. I will go ahead and shout out to my girl Noelle, hit on some ice skating news. Ice skating has officially raised the minimum Olympic age from 15 to 17 years old. This will be in effect for the 2026 Olympics. That means the 15-year-old women, who I say women lightly, used to compete, will not be able to. That would have negated Camilla Valieva. So just something to keep in mind for Italy when we go there moving along to softball and all I have to say is boomer because the number one Oklahoma was the number one for a reason and it showed unranked Texas did make it to the final upsetting Oklahoma State to get there but man that first game was ugly just to say the least there is officially no run rule in the final but man there should have been Game one was 16-1. to Texas scored their lone run in the top of the first inning and never scored again. OU came out swinging, scoring five runs in the first and had 10 by the end of the third. Every inning after that, they scored only two. Yes, I say only very lightly. Game two had to be closer, right? Texas was undefeated in postseason must-win game, so you kind of thought maybe the Horns would have a comeback here, and they definitely wanted revenge. They did take a little bit of it early. They scored two runs in the first inning and were leading all the way to the fourth when the Sooners tied it up with two runs of their own. OU then followed up the next two innings with four runs apiece to take a 10-2 lead going into the final inning. 
The Texas team did not give up, however. I will give them that. Even after OU pulled Jocelyn Allo, their home run queen, and many of their other players, the Horns put up another three runs on the board before the Sooners could finish them off. But it was very much done. The Sooners end the season 59-3, to losing only to Texas, Oklahoma State, and UCLA in the entire season. They have been talked about that they may be the best team of softball that's ever competed, and it surely showed. So the GOAT is done. Jocelyn Allo ends her collegiate career with 122 home runs. That is the most ever in the entire sport. She also had a batting average this season of .515. To put that in perspective, the best batting average in the MLB history was with Ty Cobb back in the day with an average of .3662. Moving along to what to watch this upcoming week, we have a couple of MLB games Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. But more importantly, moving on to NCAA baseball. Monday, we have UConn versus Stanford at three on ESPN2 in a winner-take-all game. Winner goes to Omaha. Same thing goes for Auburn versus Oregon State. They play at 6.30 on ESPN2. That then will give us the final two teams for the College World Series, which begins on Friday. Games will start Game one and game two will be at 1 p.m. on ESPN and then game two at 6 p.m. on ESPN Saturday, same times for the whole time. So Saturday you have game three at one on ESPN and game four at six on ESPN two. Sunday game five at one on ESPN and game six at 6 p.m. on ESPN two. We just don't know who plays what, what time. So that's why I'm just leaving it at what game. Moving on to the NBA Finals, Monday night, we have Finals, Game 5, the Celtics at the Warriors at 8 p.m. on ABC. Then on Thursday, Game 6, if we need it, which we will, Warriors at the Celtics at 8 p.m. on ABC. And if we need it, Game 7, Celtics at the Warriors at 7 p.m. on ABC on Sunday. There also is some USFL games this weekend. Check out the blog for more on that. This weekend is the third major of the year for the PGA Tour. Begins on Thursday, the U.S. Open Round 1. You actually can catch action as early as 8.30 a.m. on USA. It then changes over to NBC at 1 and then back to USA at 4. Round two of the U.S. Open will be played on Friday, starting at 8.30 on USA, then moving over to NBC at 3. You can catch the weekend rounds after they make the cut on Saturday. Round three will be at 11 a.m. on NBC, and Sunday, same thing for the final round. Moving on to hockey for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Game one will be Wednesday, the Lightning at the Avalanche at 7 p.m. on ABC. And the only other game for the Stanley Cup playoffs this week will be Saturday, game two, Lightning at the Avalanche at 7 p.m. on ABC. Then we'll move over to Tampa Bay. We've got a couple of soccer games going on. There's actually World Cup qualifying between Australia and Peru and Costa Rica and New Zealand. Then some MLS games on Saturday and Sunday. That wraps it up for me this week. We are kind of coming to the end of obviously hockey and NBA season. Then MLB is picking up, coming up with the All-Star game is coming up shortly. Um, we also are kind of running out of those college sports as the school year is over and track and field is over. We'll have worlds coming up, but kind of rounding out the sports for the year so getting ready for football in the fall but check out the blog the girlfriend's guide to sports if you want more and i'll catch y'all next week for the next weekly update